You're listening to The Corbett Report. CorbettReport.com Welcome, my friends. Welcome to episode 143 of The Corbett Report. I am your host, James Corbett, podcasting to you, as always, from the sunny climes of Western Japan on this 22nd day of August 2010. I'd like to welcome all the listeners back and invite them all, as always, to check into my websites, including the flagship website, CorbettReport.com, as well as my other sites, AlQaedaDoesn'tExist.com, ClimateGate.tv, ReportageBook.com, and now NewWorldNextWeek.Blip.tv, where you can find high-quality downloadable videos of the New World Next Week video series with James Evan Pilato of MediaMonarchy.com. I'd also like to ask my listeners to help support those websites that help to support us, including TragedyAndHope.com, MediaMonarchy.com, ZeroPointRadio.com, CascadiaPublicRadio.org, and now AltBib.com, where you can find independently hosted versions of the Corbett Report podcast going all the way back to episode one. So if you ever have problems downloading an episode from our servers for whatever reason, please go to AltBib.com. This week, I'd also like to invite listeners to tune in to some special live radio appearances that I'll be making over the next couple of weeks, including an appearance on Blog Talk Radio on August 25th at 9 p.m. Eastern on a show called the LCS Hockey Radio Show. Why not? Maybe we'll even talk some hockey, as well, of course, as politics and things that really matter. And you can find out more about that broadcast at lcshockey.com. Again, that's August 25th at 9 p.m. Eastern. I'll also be appearing on Intel Hub Radio at theintelhub.com. That's on Monday, August 30th from 4 to 5 p.m. Central Time. So please go to theintelhub.com for more information about that broadcast. And finally, I'll also be appearing on Truth Frequency Radio with Chris Gio and Cherie on American Freedom Radio on September 4th at 7 p.m. Central Time. So as always, you can find out more about Chris Gio and Cherie at their website, truthfrequencyradio.com. So once again, I ask you to support those shows that are also helping to spread the word and to have me on as a guest. And also this week, for anyone who is a subscriber to the interview feed on the Corbett Report homepage or who happens to download the interviews, which, of course, I recommend that you do because we often have very fascinating guests on the program. But for those of you who caught interview number 205 with Tom Secker on the mythical nature of that mythical beast known as Al-Qaeda... You might be interested to know that his 7-7 documentary, 7-7 Seeds of Destruction, is now up on YouTube, so I will include a link to the playlist for that uh, very informative and very far-reaching 7-7 documentary 
Uh, so you can go and watch it yourself. I'll include a link to that in the documentation section for today's episode. And as always, you can find the documentation for today's episode by clicking on episodes on the Corbett Report homepage and then clicking on the documentation link for today's episode. On a couple of final housekeeping notes for this episode, firstly, I'd like to say that the Sunday update, although it is being uploaded to youtube.com slash Corbett Report as usual, it will not be included as part of this podcast because we have a lot of information to go through today, so I want to make sure that we have enough time for all of it. So once again, you can find the Sunday update for this week by going to youtube.com slash Corbett Report. Please go there, watch the Sunday update, because I think this one is especially important, although each one seems to be more important than the last. This one is especially important, so I hope you will go view the video, and if you have a YouTube account, please rate, comment, and favorite the video to help spread the word. And of course, you can also email the link around to other people. Again, please go to youtube.com slash Corbett Report for the latest Sunday update, which you will not be hearing in today's episode of the podcast. And finally, I'd like to let the listeners know that I will be taking one week hiatus. That is next week, August 29th. There will be no episode released, although there may or may not be a Sunday update released on the YouTube account. But I am taking the week off to help prepare for an especially important two-hour-plus episode I have planned for the September 5th 2010 slot. And of course, that episode will be devoted to the ninth anniversary of 9-11 and will include some very interesting interviews. So if you are interested, please not only tune in as usual on September 5th for the next episode of The Corbett Report, but also... Keep an eye on the interviews tab over the coming weeks as we continue to interview outstanding and stellar guests on this subject, and we contemplate where 9-11 Truth is on the eve of the ninth anniversary of those horrific events. But now, without further ado, let's enter directly into episode 143 of the Corbett Report, More Truth Music. Now, the inevitable question when faced with such a title might be, truth music as opposed to what? And the relatively simple answer might be, well, truth music as opposed to deceptive music, which is to say the music that is endorsed and put out by the music industry, which is an industry that is completely usurped, controlled, and steered by the culture creators, predictive programmers, and social engineers who wish to use, well, all cultural and media entertainment as forms of social programming, and programming for a very specific end. Now, this sounds like crazy conspiracy theorizing to some, but perhaps we only need to point to things like the 2003 VMAs where Madonna infamously kissed Britney and Christina and was seen descending the 13 steps representing the 13 degrees of the York Rite of Freemasonry dressed in the top hat of the Worshipful Master, inducting her mouseketeers into a new level of the order with a lesbian wedding. Or you could turn to the 2009 VMAs with Lady Gaga's blood sacrifice and Pink's Masonic initiation ritual. And absolutely, for those who don't believe me, please look at the documentation section for today's episode to take a look at the pictures of that indoctrination ritual side by side with an actual Masonic indoctrination ritual. And I defy you to tell me the difference. Or we could look at Beyonce's infamous Grammy Award performance from earlier this year, where she came out with men dressed in riot gear, marching in unison in a police state performance that had absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with the song, but everything to do with a certain political and psychic agenda, really, of total 
psychological domination over those witnessing these rituals. There's no doubt that the industry is controlled from top to bottom, and I will throw in links, of course, to all of these things that I've just mentioned that I wholeheartedly suggest my listeners go and check out for themselves, and uh, a lot of the links go to an excellent site called VigilantCitizen.com, which I'm sure many of my listeners have probably encountered by this point, dealing with a lot of the ways in which the industry, the music industry in particular, is used to Uh, steer pop culture towards a certain agenda. But today we are not here to focus on what the culture creators are trying to force feed us or ram down our throats, because I'm sure many of you are already well familiar with that. Today we're here to celebrate those who are producing the alternative to this type of garbage that is being unfortunately rammed down the throats of our impressionable youth. And an excellent example of an alternative to this type of predictive programming comes from two guests that I had the pleasure of talking with recently earlier this week on The Corbett Report, DJ Chris Gio and Cherie, best known as Truth Frequency at truthfrequencyradio.com. And they have been on the program before, so maybe my listeners are already familiar with them. But basically, they are a team that also has a radio program and also produces music and has had quite a bit of success lately with some of the music that they've produced. And they have put out an album called Global Resistance, which is available for download from truthfrequencyradio.com. So without further ado, let's get straight into an excerpt from that conversation that I had with them earlier this week about the music industry, the way it functions, and what we can do to help counteract that effect on the public. All right, well, uh, today I wanted to get into the the topic of truth music, which is going to be the topic of the upcoming episode of uh, the Corbett Report podcast, and obviously you guys are are involved in that, and uh, I I know that I've played uh, a couple of your songs on my podcast before, and I've received great feedback from them uh, both times. So so let's get into a little bit about what you guys do and, and what you've uh, what you've been up to. And obviously DJ Christio, uh, best known for global <laughs> resistance and and other, you know, incredible work that you guys have been doing. Tell us a little bit about how you got into music itself and then how you transitioned into truth music. Um I've been in music all my life. My parents forced piano lessons down my throat when I was 4 or 5 years old and I hated them for it at the time, but now it was the best thing that they ever did for me. Um and then I grew up uh playing heavy metal guitar and then I got into the rave scene and that's where the DJ Chris Gio came from, DJing at the raves. Um I got to play next to some of the biggest artists out there, so that was an honor in itself and um then I just decided, you know what, I need to switch over to truth music. I got picked up by, I started writing hip-hop beats, and I got picked up by a label here in Dallas, And but I didn't really agree with the way that they were running their show. So uh, I said, you know what, let me try this rapping thing myself. Let me put a little CD together, get my message out, and then once that's done, I can go back to doing my techno music, which is what I'm doing now. Sheree and I are actually putting together a new album uh, that's techno, but it's got that truth message to it. Uh, for instance, we're working on a track right now, Sunglasses at Night. I'm sure everybody's heard of that Corey Hart from the 80s. But we're putting David Icke in it, um, giving it that, that, truth mus- that truth spin to it, but still making it fun for people to listen to. That sounds awesome. Very cool. And uh, you guys have collaborated before on uh, Free This Town. Have, have you only done one track together so far? That's the only one that's public that we've done together, um, and that's just got an absolutely amazing response. Hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube. People are circulating it all over the place, and we put that track together because I really wanted to strike back at Jay-Z um, and this whole Freemason thing that's going on in the music scene right now. I mean, the MTV Music Awards are becoming 
rituals, Masonic rituals that they're putting out. And what really got me is I was watching a uh, preview. Uh, I was just flipping through the TV and I saw a preview for one of Jay-Z's concerts. And the whole crowd was just in this hypnotic trance holding up the pyramid with their hand and just kind of swinging back and forth to the music. And you can see it in their eyes how they were just hypnotized by this. And I said, okay, let's let's do this. Let's put this track together. Let's get it out there. Let's play the video backwards and just kind of symbolically reverse what they're doing out there. And with the listenership that we've gotten on that track, I think it's really making an impact. Well, there's no doubt it's it's really getting out there in a big way. So, uh, Cherie, what do you think about the, uh, the way that pop culture and especially music is used to indoctrinate the youth of today? Well, I think that the secret societies, uh, they have a policy of every 200 years, they either go underground or they go above ground and, and tell everybody what they're doing and start getting people to apply to be members of these secret societies. And Freemasonry is definitely one of the worst ones about that. And the problem is when uh, Lady Gaga gets up there on the Video Music Awards and decides to perform a blood sacrifice ritual in front of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that are watching this, then they're in, they're basically in ducking to Freemasonry and you don't even know it. You don't even realize that you're being involved in a in a satanic ritual. And it's it's very scary to me to know that they're doing this to our kids, but it's even scarier that they don't see the history behind all of this. And if you read Jim Mars's Rule Rule by Secrecy, you understand the history behind all of this and the history that they do this. They actually come forward with all of this and put it right in your face. Every 200 years or so, they put it right in your face and get people to to kind of uh, be involved in this kind of thing without even really realizing the, the satanic significance of it. And we're trying to just reverse the spell. That's what we were trying to do with Free This Town, and that's what we're trying to do with Sunglasses at Night and all these other songs that Chris is putting together. And Chris is an amazing artist. He really is. And what he has to offer the world, the world should really not turn away from or turn down because he he really has a lot to offer well you're an amazing singer i couldn't have done it without her really i mean literally i had that album global resistance in the works for i don't know three years i mean the first time i wrote the first song was in 2006 and then when i met sheree she put the icing on the cake when we did run this town and then that one just sealed the album and it was ready to go Absolutely. Well, you guys definitely worked well together, so I'm looking forward to the new album as well. But, um, uh, well, th thinking about uh, so from that point, so I guess what we're doing here is attempting to create uh, music that can, I guess, undo the, the spells that uh, that they're trying to cast through their pop culture music. So so what do you think are, are some of the artists out there that are doing that uh, these days? And, and uh, I understand you're also involved with something called Polygraph Radio. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Yes, yes. Um, the guys, Chris Cowan and Mike Narr, are some of the best people that you'll ever meet. They put together Polygraph. Uh, Mike Narr is actually filming a lot of the We Are Change um, confrontations that you see on YouTube. So you see him a lot, a lot in the background. I mean, he's right there on the front line. That whole deal with Alex Jones and Geraldo. Mike Narr was the one that got everybody together and said, hey, I know where Geraldo is. Let's go over there. So, um, <laughs> you know, Mike Narr has been right there on the front lines. And I hooked up with these guys. They asked me to go down and play a show in Austin for them. I went down there, did a little tour with Polygraph. Um, and then they picked up our radio show and said, hey, we want to put your radio show on our website. 
And then they started doing other projects, bringing in live musicians over there in New York. Um, just, I mean, some incredible events that they put together. And they said, hey, Chris, why don't you run Polygraph for us? And it was just an absolute honor. So we've been basically running the network lately. And we've got uh, some amazing artists on there. Critical Contact is some of my favorite ones. Uh, their name is spelled with a K, K, um, Critical K, Contact K. Uh, Payday Monsanto is some of the one of them. He's a genius. I mean, he really is. This guy's got hundreds and hundreds of tracks. And every time I watch him in the studio, I just go, wow. You know, it makes me want to get better because he's that good. I, he just puts everything together and just the, the lyrics. When everybody listens, they'll understand what I'm talking about. Uh, Heist Click is some really good artists as well. Uh, we actually use their song Watchtower at the end of every one of our broadcasts. It's just kind of become a staple. And then there's a lot of smaller artists that people don't even really realize are there, like Girl Gone, somebody off the Prison Planet forum. She sent a few tracks over and I said, wow. It's actually really good. So we put that up on Polygraph. And of course, um, you know, you've got your other alternative type artists like Jordan Page, uh, Amy Allen, people like that. But PolygraphRadio.com streams this truth music 24-7. So if anybody's interested in that, just go to that website. You'll always find something new to listen to. Once again, the highly popular songwriting team of Chris Gio and Cherie can be found at truthfrequencyradio.com, and you can also download their album, Global Resistance, completely for free from their website, so please go to truthfrequencyradio.com to check that out and to help support the artists. But right now, let's listen to Chris Gio and Cherie reversing the spell with their extremely popular song, Free This Town. And for the listeners out there with more sensitive ears, yes, there are some cuss words in this, so please cover your ears at the appropriate moment. For everyone else, let's enjoy this song. Running game, that's no lie. Yeah. And they is 
sucking dual door to dick like a homo. CIA recruitment, that's for sure. We know you like a fish stick, sucker. We got photos. Gay escorts, bohemian passports. Little bitch at the Grove that everybody asks for. If you ask Taylor Swift, she'll say he's an asshole. Behind closed doors, he's Jay Z's favorite back door. Turned out, sold out the love for his people. Just like Barack Obama saying evil. Now they'll probably call me racist like we're living in the 50s. Even though my countless vote went to Cynthia McKinney. McKinney. Yeah. But they can't understand how Bilderberg's hand is behind this racial plan. White power, black power, better read the art of war. No power, one power, what the fuck we fighting for? Freedom. We're standing up to the drama that they do bring. Just check the left hand, see the G-ring. And mock rituals, what are they unleashing? Masonic rituals, live on TV It's all been exposed, like Versace clothes Just like MK Ultra, it's all my control You tripping when you ain't sipping Have a refill, you feeling like you in prison, huh? That's cause that's real DJ Christio and Cherie reversing Jay-Z's spell with their rendition of Free This Town. Speaking of truth music, what truth music episode would be complete without an ode to the truth behind 9-11? And just such an ode was recently supplied from perhaps an unlikely source, an Australian indie folk slash J-pop band known as Black Hats, B-L-A-K-H-A-T-Z, or Z for the American listeners out there. And Black Hats can be found at myspace.com slash blackhats and youtube.com slash blackhats. So without further ado, here is Black Hats performing a live rendition of their Ode to World Trade Center Building 7, the highly popular and very catchy Building 7.
my pleasure earlier this week to have Black Hats on the program. And for those who do follow the interviews at CorbettReport.com, you may have already had a chance to listen to this interview in its entirety. If not, of course, I suggest you go to the homepage and listen to the entire interview with Black Hats. Very interesting band doing some very interesting music. So once again, I hope you check them out on YouTube and MySpace. But right now, let's listen to a short extract from my interview with Black Hats, where we discuss 9-11 Truth, the song Building 7, and political music in general, and why it has been so thoroughly expunged from mainstream modern music. Well, uh, the, the reason that I wanted to have you guys on the Corporate Report today was to talk about a track that you recorded recently during a live performance here in Japan, I believe, and that's a little number called Building 7. And I'm sure my listeners don't need to be told that Building 7, of course, refers to World Trade Center Building 7, the uh, third building to collapse in the afternoon of 9-11, a 47-story steel-framed office tower that was not hit by any airplane and one that we are told by the National Institute of Science and Technology spontaneously collapsed into its own footprint at freefall gravitational acceleration because of <laughs> thermal expansion caused by regular office fires. And they are now refusing to release the data from their computer model, which apparently shows the physical possibility of such an incredibly unlikely uh, event, because it would jeopardize public safety, quote-unquote. As I say, my listeners don't need any introduction to this topic, because I've mentioned it on the podcast numerous times. But nonetheless, it is really exciting to to hear some uh, a band coming out with uh, with this type of content in their song and, and bringing this knowledge to the wider world. So it's it's really good to see this filtering out into into general pop culture. How did you guys come to learn about Building 7 and uh, why did you see fit to write a song about it? Well, uh, I think we, when, when September the 11th actually happened, it was, uh, uh, you know, 11 o'clock midnight here. So uh, it had a bit of an effect on all of us. But uh, the song really came about when I was trying to, in fact, write a completely different song and I wasn't having much success. So I just thought, oh, I'll just take a walk around my backyard. And I just started humming this tune to myself and these words and all just came out in the space of like 10 minutes. And uh, so I quickly sort of came back and wrote it down. And uh, so we had the beginnings of it that way. But I was always intrigued, as you said, that... Uh, there seems to be two conflicting versions of what actually took place on that day, um, especially, you know, the, the owner of the building claiming that he um, suggested that they actually pull the building down. So that seems to be a contradiction from the other thing that you were talking about. And uh, as, as I always say at the start of the song when we play it live now is that uh, in the history of steel frame buildings, um, uh, not one has collapsed due to fire, and that includes on September the 11th. 2001. Absolutely, yeah. Just uh, a physical impossibility that just happened three times on the same day. Funny how that works. So what kind of response have you been getting to this song so far? Well, it's been pretty positive so far. There seems to be a lot, um, a lot of comments coming in, and some of the ones on YouTube, uh, in terms of the song, are saying, you know, people like Simon and Garfunkel and Bob Dylan used to write songs. I used to write songs about this sort of stuff years ago, but they don't do it anymore. And, I mean, I think, uh, you know, we can remember back to times of that, and people like, I can still remember, you know, Neil Young doing Ohio. They used to play these songs on, on regular radio, you know, and, um, of course, they don't really do that anymore. 
Right. But I they, mean, that's that's such they, an astute point because you do think of of I, I guess Neil Young might be, might have been sort of the last of the generation, but obviously when you think back to the '60s, so much of the music and the pop culture of that time was infused with the politics, and now it's it, there's just such a wedge between the politics and the music that you mm. really don't see a lot of this anymore. No, people, you can run them off. You know, John Lennon, Bob Marley, even Stevie Wonder. You know, they've all got those kind of lyrics in their songs from place to place, you know, not, not sort of in every song, but it is a general reminder to people just not to forget. And a song just doesn't go away. You know, they, they had a, a thing in the paper just a couple of weeks ago about that song about Ohio and how it was written and what it was about. Once again, the Australian indie folk J-pop band Black Hats can be found at myspace.com slash blackhats, B-L-A-K-H-A-T-Z. Well, certainly no love there for the mainstream slick bubblegum garbage that's being produced and churned out by the music industry on a daily basis, and nor should there be any love for that, because obviously that's as far away from what we're exploring today as can be imagined, if not actually totally working for the other team, as in the case of people like Jay-Z. But certainly, mainstream music these days leaves a lot to be desired, and we don't have to think very hard of some of the incredibly amazing political music that was such a part of the mainstream culture just a few decades ago, and compare that with what's being produced today. Very, very slim pickings indeed, and that's exactly why when we do see mainstream, very popular artists coming out at least expressing some of these ideas or exploring some of these ideas, we have to support that and we have to be behind that because it's another way for millions upon millions of people to potentially be exposed to the truth on various issues. One example of that came earlier this year in an article that I wrote for the Corbett Report. Sex Pistols, Smashing Pumpkins members discuss Harp, GM Foods, Illuminati. Quote, in a recent interview posted on IamRogue.com, Sex Pistol co-founder Stephen Jones and Smashing Pumpkins frontman Billy Corgan discuss everything from harp and weather weapons to GMO foods, the elite depopulation agenda, and the possibility for a genuine freedom movement in the United States. End quote. Well, that is an extremely interesting interview, so once again, please go to the documentation section for today's episode to take a look at that article and to find the link to the original interview so you can watch it in its entirety. But right now, let's just take a short sample of that interview where Stephen Jones discusses the GMO food problem and the Illuminati with Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins. Did you see Food Inc? No. Food Incorporated? I heard that, like, the other day they just, uh, it's actually, uh, like, they clone cows now to eat, the government. Right. Have you heard that one? Yeah, I mean, I've been hearing all sorts of stuff like that. Between that and the genetically modified food, you know. Yeah, but you know, if you get Romas and heirloom tomatoes, you can't, um, they're the only ones that don't take to uh, being genetically modified. Okay. I'm well, on, just... Yeah, I'm on this whole trip with, you know, the food thing. Cause yes. You, you can see how much handsomer I am because I've been doing this. Oh, good. Can't you see? It's hard to tell through the computer. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I know, man. It's, uh, I mean, I just, there's too many people. Well, I don't know about that, but, I mean... 
you know, it's, it's it seems like somebody's out to kill a lot of people. <laughs> you but, know. Yeah, yeah. What for? For to make a dollar, you mean? There's a lot going on that doesn't seem to be moving in the way of holistic, healthy planet. Let's put it that way. Well, it, it never has been, though, really. Probably not. I mean, that's that's. I think probably the only difference now is we're just more aware of it than ever before. Yeah, and and like I don't know, maybe let's let's say in the fifties, it, it all kind of started when fast food started. I think all all the uh, that was like the beginning of it, you know, like McDonald's that they were like the first fast food concept. But that started here in Chicago, you know that. Yeah. Yeah, just miles away from here, the first McDonald's. So I'm at ground zero. Yeah, you're, you're the source. But that's, uh, you know, it's like cars. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, that, that concept of the Ford car when it was made. It was like conveyor belt, blah, 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 blah. Before that, people just used to go to uh, restaurants, you know, and yeah. the food was a lot slower, but yeah. probably a lot better. And here we are now, you know, eating cloned pigs and cows. I mean, it's only going to get worse, I think. Well, the, the funny thing is, is if you ask most people, they're very focused on how much something costs. You know, we deal right. with this in the music business all the time. Is how much is a ticket? How much is a CD? And, you know, it's hard to make a qualitative argument to someone when they're fixated on cost. Well... It's the same thing with food. Most people are willing to buy cheap food, food that's not been properly cleaned and stuff like that, never realizing that at the end of the day it's going to cost them way more money or years off their life. Or, but you can't make a qualitative argument because Americans are obsessed with the idea of saving money Right now, today. Yeah. Right now, right. yeah. And plus a lot, of, like a lot of, there's a lot of poor people who can't afford to go to Whole Foods or wherever, you know. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, that's that's one of the great crimes, that, I think, uh, of our country is the, the, the way we've sort of divided into kind of a perpetual level of class. I mean, you know, I, I don't get the feeling you came from a silver spoon background. I certainly didn't, you know. And mm. I, I know the way I was raised. I mean, we ate like crap. I mean, and it, there wasn't a lot of information to say this is, was a better food. I mean, we ate cheese like it was going out of style, you know. Right. Well, cigarettes was uh, were glamorous, and everyone thought they were okay at one point, you know. Yeah, I remember uh, Jimmy Chamberlain talking how he'd seen some home movies with his mother, and she had she was home when he was a baby, and she had like a cigarette out of her mouth, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> you know, it's just classic. That that's what we all grew up in, you know, just like yeah. everybody smoking, everybody drinking, everybody eating cheese. Yeah. I guess, but but the, the, that, that's one thing when you don't have the information, but when you do have the information and you don't do anything about it, you know, I mean, there's a lot of poor countries, but they eat okay, like, you, you know, a lot of these countries, they eat like rice and uh, vegetables, and as a result, they, they're all ripped, they've all got six packs, and they're not 500 pounds obese and can't get out of bed. Well, they also have a more of a market culture in that they're going to the markets right. every day to buy fresh food. Yeah. I mean, we've all paid a heavy price for our, our pasteurization and, and industrialization and all our organizations. And, um, I don't know. It's frustrating. I mean, I know a lot of people really want to live better, but they don't necessarily know how. And there's so much propaganda, too. I mean, you know, I mean, like last year they were coming out saying, oh, never mind. Don't drink eight glasses of water a day. Okay, why are they saying this? Because they want 
people start conserving water. So after telling us for 20 years everyone's supposed to drink eight glasses of water a day, suddenly come and say, oh, that's not necessary. Yeah. It's just propaganda. Yeah. And that's where, that's where there's some sort of darker agenda behind it because you're basically telling people to not be healthy. Do you think instead, of just, instead of just saying there's a problem and we've got yeah. to figure it out and let's be smart and how do we do this? I mean, they just, they just lie to people, flat out lie to people. Yeah. Do you think that there is... You know, the, all the concepts that, that you hear about the Illuminati, <clears throat> and it's just like a handful of people who run the world. I believe it. I, I believe that is kind of the concept. After watching a bunch of like Food Inc., check out Food Inc. and The Corporation. Have you seen The Corporation? <clears throat> Two really good documentaries that have just come out recently. And it all seems to make sense, you know. No one cares about, um, you know, people. And the older I get, the less I care about people, too. Mm -hmm. So I can see the concept. I actually dislike most people. As much as I don't want to sound inhumane, I have little tolerance the older I get being around people. Right. Because most people are really stupid. Yeah, but you're also a very good person, so... I, I mean, I know you to be a good person, so... I, I, what I, the way I look at it is, is most people, um, they kind of don't want to know because to, to know means they have to do something about it. So, you know, if you, if you ask most Americans, do you trust the government? I mean, most people say no, they don't trust the government. Yeah. But then they'll just vote the same people in. Right. You know, they'll take the same lie and the same bait and switch every time. I mean, look at what Obama said coming in and then look what he's been doing. He's been doing the exact opposite of what he ran on the campaign for. But yeah. if you ask most, if you ask most people right now how they feel about Obama, they say, "Well, I'll give him a chance," and da 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 da. He's he's surrounded by the same people who are in the Clinton administration and the and the and the Carter administration. It's just the same people. They just turn the same people over. So, do they have some sort of super dark agenda? Do I think every one of them do? No, but maybe are they put in place by people who have darker agendas? It seems that way because why? You know, the the, the common frustration of the common man is. Things don't work. But then after a while, you start thinking, well, maybe they don't work for a reason. Maybe things are broken for a reason. People want things to break. I think the sovereignty of the United States is being challenged because I think somebody wants it to break. I think they want to collapse this economy and send it into sort of a situation where we'll be forced to, you know, do a, a, an American Union with Canada and, and Mexico, just like what happened in Europe, or force us into the same sort of choices that Russia was faced into and put more of a socialist government in or something that that's there seems to be a lot of force that way why do they stop protecting the borders all of a sudden mm. i mean i can't get into fucking canada without filling and you know that yeah. you can't go into canada without filling nine thousand pieces of paper out right but you don't you don't got to throw a stone here to find somebody who's here illegally yeah very far yeah they, they seem to get in here but i can't get into fucking canada once again, Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins talking to the Sex Pistols co-founder, Stephen Jones. And for people who have been keeping up with Billy Corgan, for instance, you might notice that he has a blog called Everything From Here To There, where during the swine flu pandemic hype, he was posting articles exposing the hype for what it was and not falling for the vaccines or anything of that sort. So certainly it's a positive sign and hopeful sign that someone of the stature of Billy Corgan is potentially waking up to the New World Order system, although Twitter's posts like the recent one that he did on August 6th, quote, 
I believe in my heart that Lady Gaga is going to positively help shift the world for the better. She is a messenger of God's love and grace, end quote. Do not exactly bode well for his overall mental stability, but... Oh, well, what can one do? At least in certain instances, in certain respects, Billy Corgan is helping to spread the truth on some of these key issues. And a good example of that comes from the most recent song from the 44-song cycle that the Smashing Pumpkins are currently producing and posting on their website, smashingpumpkins.com, for free download, Tear Garden by Kaleidoscope. And the most recent song from that effort is called Freak. And it definitely has some lyrics of pertinence to the whole poisoning of our world meme. So let's take a listen to Smashing Pumpkins performing their latest single, Freak. Yeah. 
Once again, the Smashing Pumpkins with their latest single, Freak, from the online album Tear Garden by Kaleidoscope, being released one song at a time at smashingpumpkins.com. Now, we've explored several different aspects of truth music today, and of course, in our earlier episode on truth music, episode 72 of the Corbett Report, entitled, appropriately enough, Truth Music, but one aspect of truth music that I have not yet had the honor of introducing is a song which features a sample of myself. Until now, that is. Yes, that's right. A recording artist, an independent rap and hip-hop recording artist in Denver, Colorado, took it upon himself recently to create a track which uses a sample from my When False Flags Don't Fly video. And I'm extremely honored to have my work being used in that way because, of course, this is exactly what this type of work is for, is to be spread in whatever way is appropriate. So it's extremely exciting to have a recording artist inspired enough to include a sample of myself and some of the information that I'm attempting to spread here on the Corbett Report. His name is Ricardo Renteria, and as I mentioned, he is in Colorado, and he's working on a forthcoming album of which the track, which I'm talking about with my the sample of my work, False Flag 911, is one example of that, and False Flag 911 can be heard on myspace.com. But right now, let's listen to a sample from an interview that I recorded with Ricardo earlier this week about his work and about what inspired him to include False Flags Don't Fly in his latest single. Right. Well, so who who are some of your musical influences? Uh, well, growing up, uh, really it was like Tupac and Biggie. You know, everybody knew that. Everybody has that on their background. But um, I actually started working... Uh, at a dealership a while back, and uh, I met one of my close friends now. He's a close friend now, but um, he he showed me a couple CDs of uh, Immortal Technique. I don't know if you ever heard of him or not. I certainly but, have, yeah. He's put out some great tr- truth tunes. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I listened to, he gave me a couple of his CDs. He told me, yeah, just listen to this and, you know, tell me what you think. And, uh, and that really opened up my mind to... Um, to 9-11, I heard some of the tracks, I started researching some of the stuff that he was saying, and then, and then it got onto the whole Alex Jones, I'm sure you're from, I'm sure, I think I've actually seen you on Alex Jones before, some of your, your commentary and stuff on there, but um, yeah, I got onto Alex Jones, and I started ordering his videos, and then, and then I watched a couple of videos from uh, the Jersey Girls, I'm sure you're familiar with them too, and uh, Paul Thompson, The Timeline of Terror. I picked up that book, just started doing research. And uh, those are really my main influences for, for music and also for uh, the background of, of researching of, uh, of uh, what I'm trying to produce now. Well, well, that's excellent. So are you saying that you actually got into the, the truth movement through the music? Yeah, through the music, yeah. Yeah, I heard it from Immortal Technique first. He then, you know, back in, I think it was like 2004 that he came out with, uh, what was it, Revolutionary Volume 2? And um, I just started listening to his. I just I was obsessed with it. You know, I was just hearing it over and over. And I started researching some of the stuff he was saying. And then from that, it really changed my whole aspect of really what I want to do with music. You know, before that, we were working on albums and everything like that. But it was just typical stuff that you know, typical stuff I hate now. Actually, to tell you the truth, you know, just nonsense stuff you hear on the radio. And um, and I just really wanted more substance to my music so that's really what what pushed me in that direction 
Right. Well, it's <clears throat> sorry. It's so exciting to hear you say that because that's really the point of uh, the uh, upcoming episode of my podcast is basically that yeah, truth music is an excellent way of introducing people to this these ideas and and spreading oh, them. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's really exciting to hear that. Yeah. Even uh, like I heard that outtake from you, and um, I thought I could really use that because uh, it took me a while to actually write the track uh, "False Flag" nine eleven. It took me probably about three or four months to write it. You know, I had to definitely do all my research. Um, I don't. Yeah, I know you've heard the track quite a bit of times already, but um, just putting everything together, you know, and trying to fit it all into a song because everything, you know, how much how much is involved in that, and just fitting it all into, you know, five six minutes. Is, uh, it was definitely challenging, but um, I think I pulled it off pretty good. Absolutely. Well, it's uh, obviously an honor to have my work included in something like that. So, uh, once again, I'd like to thank you for doing that. And I, oh, I, and thank, thanks for letting me put your stuff on too. Well, I'm sure when my listeners get to hear it, uh, they will also think it's uh, it's a pretty good track. So, I'm I'm definitely honored to be involved. And I hear what you you're saying about trying to condense everything down to five or six minutes is extremely difficult. Just like yeah. the uh, just like the video itself, the false flags don't fly video. It was. It was really difficult to get that down to seven or eight minutes, but I, I hope yeah, I there's so much information out there, you know, and yeah. it's, um, you try to get it all in. What's important? What's what's really gonna what's really gonna stick out to people and make them want to look into it? Once again, that's Ricardo Renteria in Denver, Colorado, and he is currently working on a website to host the songs that he is currently working on for free download. And I will, of course, let all of you know on the podcast once that website is up and running. But right now, let's finish off today's episode with his track, False Flag 9-11. That's it for today, and as I mentioned at the beginning of today's episode, I will be taking a one-week hiatus. There will be no episode being released next Sunday, August 29th, 2010. So please stay tuned for our extra special two-plus-hour edition of the podcast coming up on September 5th about the 9-11 9th anniversary. I am James Corbett. Thank you for your continued support. Open your eyes to what we face in Teflon on my chest Locks, cock, face, assassination, death, my savior Cause it's life for lies Knowledge is the only thing that ever free my soul From these mortal ties, rolling points, screams Revolution's overdue, most of us asleep Might control through a corporate picture tube 9-11 false flag off, I'm disgusted with the lives lost I'm sick to my stomach as I pray and kiss my cross Military grip their mind In the dust of the pillars But as a multimental burning foe Weeks in the cellars They change the protocol Order fighters to stand down Push low to five for seven minutes He's just hanging around Fourteen different nations Warned us of the intimate attack British intelligence Warned three time planes were gonna be hijacked In the solid core ports of the bombs Going off in the WTC basement Billy Seven wasn't even hit and it collapsed like the demolition on the fake strip. Decoded, decoded, tick, tick, decoded the truth. Decoded, decoded, tick, decoded the truth. If you don't get it, if you don't get it, if you don't get it, the first
tip glass and it's seven vaporized The symphony of evil placed in position the graded flawless Into a system the spy Where to truly witness in the dance ignited Into a sinister vision deciphered the plan Just like a prism externalized soul Searching for peace, no seats, no vengeance, no bodies No damage to the law Only 380 videos released what really hit the pentagon And I supposed to believe that Shakespeare was much of the same No sign of a damn commercial plane Not a single drop of blood to be traced I'm sick of the lies, sick of the cover The multiple war game exercise Insertion of no blips on the radar Elected officials won't go by car And this supposed to be some kind of elaborate coincidence Sounds like a well-crafted script for multiple wins You son of a bitch Manifested itself on that fatal weave And I cannot deceive the hidden agenda Been around for over a century But I resist corruption Release knowledge to the masses I have discontent with the system Progression to control all of our facets And tell me why Did the commission report state the source of the money Was insignificant? Why? Did the ISI wire 100 grand to the fucking terrorists? Why? Does the media ignore the truth And continue to feed us the lie The systematic destruction of our Constitutions based on 3,000 lives, a thousand rising to Disney. Fall to Pakistan, the late night trip. Avoid the military with the intel tip. Runs for organized and cut dudes that live. They flew Taliban and Al Qaeda, hundreds of men strong now. And they call us conspiracy theories. They the facts and call them motherfuckers out. And the truth is rising up from the dust of the pillars like a legendary phoenix. Lord, let this song reach and ignite the heart of every single patron. And the times of time will never wash away the sins. Do your own research, open your eyes to America's domestic enemies studied history know that nothing invigorates and empowers an authoritarian regime more than a spectacular act of violence, some sudden and senseless loss of life that allows the autocrat to stand on the smoking rubble and identify himself as the hero. It's at moments like this that the public, still in shock from the horror of the tragedy that has just unfolded before them, can be led into the most ruthless despotism, despotism that now bears the mantle of security. Acts of terror and violence never benefit the average man or woman. They only ever benefit those in positions of power. This is why Nero fiddled while Rome burned. It gave him a chance to throw out the Christians to the lions and rebuild the capital of the Roman Empire in his own image. This is why Hearst and the warmongers of the emerging American Empire were delighted by the destruction of the USS Maine in Havana Harbor in 1898. 
It gave them the excuse they needed to rouse the public into supporting the Spanish-American War. This is why Israel attacked the USS Liberty in 1967 during the Six-Day War, strafing and torpedoing it relentlessly for hours in a vain attempt to send it to the bottom. The Israelis believed that the loss of the Liberty could be blamed on Egypt and draw the Americans into war. This is why there are hundreds of documented examples of government staging attacks in order to blame them on their political enemies. In every civilization, in every culture, in every historical period, authoritarians have known that spectacular acts of violence help to further consolidate their own power and control. And sadly, throughout history, there have been all too many willing to allow attacks to occur, to pretend that attacks have occurred, or even to attack their own population in order to further their political agenda. To think that such staged provocations and false flag attacks no longer occur would be as unrealistic as believing that human nature itself has changed, that powerful people no longer seek to increase their power, that influence is never used for deceit or manipulation, that lies are no longer told to satisfy greed or slake the thirst for control. It is to believe that our society is immune from those things that we have seen in every other society, in every other era. In short, it's a dangerous delusion.